Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Janelle. And we are your hosts of the Melanin and Miles podcast. We are just two Black girls in our 20s who have traveled to over 25 countries and five continents. And we want to share our travel experiences and advice with you. Like when I went cliff jumping in Jamaica, or when I booked a flight for only $6, and even when I lived with a host family who didn't speak any English in Spain for four months. Or when I went skydiving in D.C., swam with elephants in Thailand, and won over $200 at a casino in Puerto Rico. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for new episodes. Before we get into the episode, make sure you get your hands on our free Budget Babe travel guide to learn the top 10 ways you can be saving hundreds or even thousands of dollars on your next travel adventure. Get the guide straight to your inbox at melaninandmiles.com slash free. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Melanin and Miles. It's Janelle here doing another interview. And this week we are interviewing Malika, who is a serial expat, frequent traveler and content creator. She was born in New York, but has traveled to over 30 countries and first moved abroad to Italy, but she's currently living in Lebanon. And you can find her on all all of her socials. And I'll um, go through and tell you what those are later in the interview. But for now, let's listen to some of her travel story. I'm excited to hear about it with you all. So Malika. Hi, Janelle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yes. So for people unfamiliar with you and your travel story, can you just tell us a bit about yourself, like um, how you were brought up and your education work background and how it all ties in with travel? Yeah, totally. So I was born and raised in New York. I spent most of my life there, um, except for the few years that I lived in Italy, which was my first time being an expat. Um, And so part of that story was I was trying to get into the fashion industry here in New York, but with the economy, it was like right after the first economic crisis, um, I just could not find a job. So I decided to go back to grad school. um, And I guess kind of figured if I was going to go to grad school, I was going to get an MBA. And the best place to do that would be anywhere but here because they were just like no jobs and the economy was absolutely dead. Uh, so I ended up researching European grad schools and MBA programs, and I ended up um, getting accepted into schools in both Italy and in France. Um, and Italy just gave me a better package to go, and it was a lot cheaper. So I decided to go there. Um, and so I did my MBA in Bologna, and then I ended up getting a job in the fashion industry and working in Milan for a few years after that. So that was my first time being an expat. And now I'm currently living in Lebanon. I moved abroad here about a year ago. So it's been really amazing. Um, I love the journey that I have to be able to travel and live in different countries and feel really lucky to be able to do that and kind of have that whole new way of life. Nice. So I have to ask, I'm also a grad student. And so like, it's always important to look out for funding, scholarships, fellowships, and all that. What tips would you give to someone looking to study outside of the country? Like, what did you find and what helped you make that move? Yeah, well, so the best thing is just the cost will be so much cheaper. And also the programs are usually shorter. So here, like most masters are an average of two years, but over there, like in Europe and a lot of other places, one year is the standard. So that's just like an instant way to save money because you're, you'll get the same degree in like half the time. Um, and a lot of the schools that kind of recruit international students or foreign students will kind of have more favorable funding. I actually ended up getting a full scholarship. And then I also included a portion that was paid directly to you for living expenses. 
And they also helped you get your visa and all your paperwork because you do need a student visa and you have to have like stuff from the school to get it. Um, and then after I got the job offer where I interned, they did all the paperwork to convert my student visa to a work visa and then I had a salary. So that's how I was able to afford to stay. But definitely getting started, I would just say start with research. Like I ended up just looking at, I think I went to an MBA fair and there were two international schools there. And that's what kind of got my research ball rolling. And almost every program had some kind of financial aid, especially the ones that were really interested in getting international students. Cool. Yeah. That's amazing to see. I feel like a lot of people feel like they can't travel because they're in school, but you can definitely travel. (laughs) There's definitely programs out there for you to go abroad and do different things. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't want to do the full degree, you can still like study abroad. You can even do like a a summer of language classes or something like that, just to like get a little bit of experience, you know? Yeah. So have you been able to do any travel recently with the whole pandemic? I know you obviously you live abroad or you have been living abroad, but were you able to do any different experiences um, while living somewhere else? Yeah, actually a lot. And it's so crazy. So I just came back from a long trip. Like we were traveling for about two and a half weeks. And uh, my husband and I, we went to Turkey, we went to Greece, we went to Egypt, Cairo. And so we flew between like multiple countries, multiple cities in each country. So we had probably like seven flights and then back home and we didn't have to take a single COVID test. Wow. Um, So it just kind of feels like it's over, you know, like pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like it was very much like traveling like 2019 again. um, And it was awesome, you know? Nice. Last September, I took a trip to Greece with my friend and it was such like it was still very COVID heavy time, a very COVID heavy time. So we had to pay like a ridiculous amount of money for COVID tests. And like we were trying to, you know, country hop while we were there, but it was just too expensive with paying like airport fees for COVID tests and all that. So I'm happy you got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then you... And then you always have the risk of like, if you get it, then you have to like pay your, like it's yeah. in the country in quarantine and that's like way expensive. So, exactly. Um, but yeah, speaking of the cost, like when I went, I went to Zanzibar in December and you had to still take COVID testing then. Um, and it was really expensive. Like it was like 150 each for a PCR test. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, that's like an extra, it was like totally unanticipated to like, I thought it might be 50 bucks was like a huge add on to the bills. I was like pissed, but yeah, I'm happy that I guess it seems like those COVID days are over if you're vaccinated. Uh, And I think in Greece, you have to be vaccinated and boosted for them Mm -hmm. to count the exception. So yeah, but it's worth it. Yeah. I'll never forget that COVID price because like, like, like on campus at my university, you know, you can get tested for free and then pull up to the airport and they want to charge like a hundred (laughs) euros for a COVID test. That was a huge shock. Um, Back to your travel story. So what would you say really sparked your interest in travel? What made you like, be like, this is it, like, this is what I want to do? You know, it's funny. I'm really not sure because I didn't come from a family that traveled a lot. Like we weren't really those people. Like they were the kind of people who like occasionally would take a cruise or like go on like a family road trip or something. And to me, cruises don't count. Like no shade to anyone who likes cruises. I don't think (laughs) it counts as travel (laughs) Um, for a couple of reasons. I just don't think that that counts. Um, So I don't really know where I got it, but I remember like being obsessed with Carmen Sandiego when I was younger. So maybe that was part of it. Um, And then my first like real travel experience was I ended up going to to Germany when I was um, 16, I got accepted into kind of like a, a week long, like little school exchange thing when I was in high school. Um, and so it was a really fun trip. We went to like three different cities in Germany. We got to spend some time with the host family. And at that point I was kind of like, 
what else have I been missing? And like, what else is out there? And I guess that's what really started sparking the interest. Um, and we spent a few days with this host family. Like it was in the German countryside, like outside Baden-Baden and they lived in like the black forest. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this. And like, what else is out there, you know? Um, and so I think that just kind of made me have an early interest and make me just kind of know that travel needed to be part of my life. And then from there on out, I just kind of set up my life to make travel part of it. Um, meaning like I chose jobs that would afford me disposable income and like have vacation days and all the kind of things that you need to be able to take vacations when you want to. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's good enough reason. (laughs) 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 Completely understandable how that turned into 30 countries later. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And we all know there's so many amazing things about travel, but there's also some downsides to travel, some things you don't see on social media. What would you say was your biggest travel mistake, something you would warn anyone from doing on their next trip? Um, there's probably a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, well, the first that comes to mind, it's not a mistake, but it's kind of a regret because I haven't had that many girls trips. And like, when I look at Instagram, I look at social media and there's all these like amazing, like black girl travel groups. I'm like, I really wish I would have gotten more of that. Um, and again, because I was someone who planned my life from a pretty young age around being able to travel and made choices that enabled me to be able to do that, but not everyone does. And then, so when it came time to like me being able to take a trip, I often didn't have people to go with me. So that I was traveling a lot by myself um, or you know, if I was dating someone who also had the same kind of lifestyle, we would take couple trips together, but I haven't really had that many, um, just like big girl group trip, like trips with like friends. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's like one that I had for like a big birthday. I got eight girls to go to Columbia for my birthday. And then those same girls went to Aruba for another girl's birthday. Um, and then we kind of all like moved apart and some people got married and got pregnant. So like there went the travel group and then there was COVID. So the travel group, you know, it just mm-hmm. kind of disappeared, but I never really like, I guess, had that um, big group of female travel friends. So I guess that's what I miss. Um, and then it's other things like I've actually luckily never gotten really sick on vacation, but I guess I am like moderately careful, but I would say, yeah, you know, um, try not to get food poisoning, I guess, or always pack like a modem or like that kind of stuff in case you do. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I well, talking about like group trips and all of that, I wish I could do it too, but sometimes it's hard to just find that group. Like everyone's doing different things. Some people are getting married, some people are having babies. I don't know. It's just really hard to have that solid group. They do drop out pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully I I luckily like being an expat, you kind of do like meet more people and you'll find people who are locals. So like there's girls here who like live nearby and we're like, oh, let's just go to Paris for the weekend because Paris is like three hours away. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll get that back in the next few years, like, you know, being here, um, especially just being in a different part of the world. It's you're kind of closer to everything. So it's easier and cheaper. Oh yeah, definitely. I I believe in you. You got this. <laughs> So what would, what's one tip you would give to someone that is looking to move abroad? Um, Something that would just like, I don't know, something that can help them prepare mentally for that huge change. So I'd say, yeah, so the best thing anyone who's interested in moving abroad, it's going to have to be like, probably start planning a year in advance, like what you want to do, where you want to go and how you're going to support yourself. Because the number one thing with getting a visa and like a lot of places are more flexible about digital nomad visas and work remote visas, but it really all comes down to money. Like they're going to ask, they're going to ask you for proof of your finances and how you support yourself. So sometimes you'll either have to have like proof of a certain amount of monthly income 
or a certain amount of savings on hand for the time you'll be there. So it might be like, you're able to make $2,000 a month, or you have $25,000 in the bank, like A or B, right? So you're going to have to be able to meet one of those criteria in order to move there, at least legally. And a lot of people don't do it legally, but I'm only going to give advice about how to do it the right way. (laughs) Um, So the number one thing would be to start like figuring out how you can like save that kind of money and put it aside to have yourself a nest egg. Um, And then also just think about, you know, where you're going to live, like research neighborhoods. If you can afford to, you can take a planning trip and just like kind of feel out where you feel comfortable and like learn more about the place. But the number one thing is, it's going to be the finances. And that for most people is the biggest burden and the thing that'll take them the longest to get together. Yeah, no, those are really good tips. It's just, um, I feel like different stuff I... I always forget about like, you know, you have to get a visa, you have to do all these other things and that stuff can take a long time to get. So good ideas. <laughs> so where yeah, can, but, oh, but the thing is, it's actually like not terribly hard to get. It's not terribly hard to get the visas and stuff as long as like you have all your paperwork and docs in order. And unfortunately, the main fear a lot of countries have is that you'll end up like being a strain on their on their systems. So that's why they evaluate the finances pretty heavily and like what you're going to be doing there. So that's the number one thing. And then just like as far as mental preparedness, um, just think of it as, you know, you're going to have fun. You're going at like, this is the only time that we've ever had this much ability to stay connected, even while not being in a place. Like you can FaceTime your friends every day. The pandemic made it normal to just keep everything connected virtually and not even in person. So you can kind of just pretend it's still COVID, just like FaceTime your friends and, and do your little virtual happy hours like you did for six months when you're in the house. <laughs> Super true. <laughs> So where can we find you on social media, any platforms that you have documenting your travel story? I'm sure I'm super interested in seeing your life abroad and traveling. So I know the audience wants to see it too. Yeah. So for the most in-depth content, I'm on YouTube now. It's new. So I'm still growing the account. So the YouTube's where is Malika. And I post a mix of like travel vlogs from different places, stuff about life in Lebanon. And then it's different like travel tips, like safety stuff, trip planning, um, budgeting, that kind of stuff. And then on TikTok, um, I'm also where is Malika, just like more short form, like fun content and also a lot more beauty stuff because I just like beauty. Um, And then I'm on Instagram at where is Malika as well, but it's where.is.malika. And then my blog is malikakelly.com, but I'm not amazing at updating it. So I do need to get better at that. Um, but there is a lot of uh, travel fashion and beauty content there as well. Perfect. And I'll link all of that in the show notes too. So y'all can easily find her and see what she's doing in the beauty world and travel world. But we're getting to the end of our interviews. So I'm going to conclude with the question we ask every time I give an interview. And it's why do you think more Black women should travel? Um, I think that we should travel more. Number one, because the world needs to see us and we deserve to see the world. Um, and I think that we get put through so much as a people and that we deserve just kind of like let loose and live it up. So I think that we all should be traveling more, especially internationally and like getting off the beaten path and just do so without fear. Yes, I love that response. Um, I love that re- the response to that question in every interview I ask it every time it's a podcast for black women and everybody always says something different but it's also super true and I want y'all listening to take their advice and go on that next trip because I want to see you out there on my next trip yes all right well thank you so much again for doing this interview I hope you guys 
really enjoyed. Make sure you check her out, check out her travel story and click on those links I attached in the show notes.